When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm your host this week with show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Dan Colbert, Anthony Weidel, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, and a roster that's going to compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy, a roster that's right now one and two on the regular season before we go into the week four matchup against the New York Jets at home at Acre Shaw Stadium. And so look, on today's show, part two, um, or we might get start doing it in part one, depending on how we how we go. We'll definitely do our usual rookie report. Obviously, that's really what we like to do in season on this show. Then usually I like to do a few profiles and um upcoming, you know, draft prospects as well. We'll get back to that over the next couple of weeks. But with the way the Steelers have performed the last two weeks. Uh, and I think if anyone that missed um, the Saturday or the Friday night show, sorry, um, we do it live on Saturday morning, local time um, in Australia, but it goes live in the US on a Friday night um, on YouTube. And then obviously across the audio side over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, uh, in terms of Steelers touch down under, um, we had a bit of a therapy session. And so anyone that tuned into that podcast, whether it was live or on the audio side, you'd know what I'm talking about. Uh, very much airing some grievances there, some home truths for this team as well. But you can imagine how I'm feeling this week because I'm also a Texas Longhorns fan and they lost to Texas Tech in a game they really should have won. And so I was listening to one of the wrap-up podcasts assessing how the Longhorns lost and it was with a different uh, podcast network um, outside of SB Nation, you know, especially for Longhorns. And there, the host brought up this issue of time of possession under Steve Sarkeesian, their coach, and how he like had something like three games where he, against lower lower ranked opponents and you know um, much smaller schools where he actually had and dominated time of possession. But this was the reason why he was basically seven and. Um, nine as his record it, it you know it, it has a big part to play and so I listened to that in the last 24 hours and got me thinking I wonder how the Steelers are going in the same thing we know the offense has had problems we know we've struggled to run the football we know that's been about the O-line the O-line this season it's not there's five sacks two of them are Mitch Trubisky's fault that's three sacks issue with the O-line this year but it did get me thinking I wonder how this looks for the Steelers so and then it's kind of well, do the Steelers have the talent to actually dominate possession? So, and then we, and, and that's going to feed into our, the, the way I look at rookies from the Steelers this week. And it also feeds into how we could look at the rookies on the Jets side of the, of, of the equation as well, because they've got two offensive rookies that are really contributing. So we're going to look at, do the Steelers have the talent, um, at least from a rookie perspective, to actually dominate possession? 
Um, do they? And, and obviously, I think some people be sitting there going, "No, maybe not." You're right now, and when you look overall. But let's start and get a picture of actually what happens when the Steelers do dominate possession. So the Steelers have not dominated time of possession, held the ball for the longest. Because, you know, there's a classic um, case of the best offense is a good defense. Well, it's kind of the other way around. The best defense is good offense in the NFL. Because as my coach used to, rugby coach used to say, as we were growing up, one of, one of the ones I had over multiple seasons, if you've got the ball, the opponents can't score. When you don't have the ball, that's when they score. If you drop the ball or, or, or fumble the ball or um, from an NFL context, or, you know, if you throw an interception, um, you know, we would call it, you know, it's the same thing, in, you know, in, in the rugby sports as well. But yeah, if you don't have the ball, the, your opponent's got it and they can score with it. That's, that's all that, that's all that can happen. Now in the NFL, obviously you can get tackled in the end zone, you can get a safety, but, but you know, you get, you get what I'm trying to say. So in, 2022, the Steelers have not one time of possession, as I just said. None. We're one and two on the season. In 2021, the Steelers had eight games where they won they won the time of possession, which is pretty incredible. I think most of you'd be sitting there sitting there going, wow, on the regular season, 17-game season, really? Like we almost half the games. And I mean we had 18 games if you include the wild card. Um, so almost uh, still eight, eight out of 18 games, the Steelers to own possession is pretty interesting. They had one loss, right? One loss. Now remember their record was nine, one and seven. They had one loss when they had time possession against the Bengals. It was week, um, week two, oh, week one, week one, week one. Um, no, it was week two because yeah, we had Buffalo week one. Uh, they had a draw, the draw against Detroit. Um, it was also a game that they won time of possession. Obviously, we know there was the Freeman fumble on the, on, toward the end there, went into overtime, very windy day. But in the eight games where they won time possession, they, they won six games. That's a strike rate or a win rate of 75%. 2020, they had, uh, nine games where they won time possession, including the Browns playoff game. And that was their only loss. Now we know they went 12 and four in the season. Uh, and so with this time possession, you know, say there's eight wins there, Giants against the Texans, against the Eagles, against the Browns, against the Titans, against the Bengals, the Jags, the Ravens. Um, then obviously the Browns game, the playoffs where they lost that game. 88% win record, right? 75% in 2021, 88% in 2020. In 2019, and, I, and I, you know, this is what I'll come to in a moment as well and why I picked these three seasons too. I mean, obviously, they're the latest three seasons, but there's actually another reason why I picked them. 2019, when they went 8-8, eight and eight, they dominated time of possession against, um, or won the time of possession at least, against the LA Chargers, the Miami Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Jets. They won five of those six games for 83%. For 83%. So when you look at it, right, when you look at it, the 23 games that they've played where they've dominated possession, 23 games that dominated, dominated possession, and they are 19, 19 wins. One, you know, it, it, 19, 19 wins, one draw, three losses. Incredible. 
incredible. Plus 80%. Plus 80%. Now, these are interesting years because in 2021, we had a very similar. We had the Matt Kamner offense. Um, Randy Feetner, Randy Land was gone and it was all the troubles with the O-line and Ben, you know, could he throw the football and was Ben past it. In 2020, we had the situation where the Steelers won those 11 games and then, you know, toward, you know, eight or nine games in, it was starting to fall apart a little bit. And we had, and we had injuries on the O-line. Then 2019, Ben, Ben had the injury to begin with. So we were Mason Rudolph, Devlin Duck Hodges, James Connor at times, Ben Snail Jr., like, you know, the offense was average and we still had, you know, six games out of 16 where we dominated time possession. But the point of, the point about it is we had an 83% record when we did. You might always sit there as a, you might sit there and go, well, cool, 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 Matt. Like, so what? Like, obviously, if you win time possession, it's going to make a difference to if you can win the game. But this is the, this is what this def, this is what the offense and the defense need from the Steelers. The defense can't continue to play the snaps that they're playing week in, week out. The offense can't afford to go one for nine on third down. One for nine on third down. Their average drive right now is two minutes and 15 seconds this season. Two minutes and 15 seconds. Unless you're bloody good at the two-minute drill, that's a problem. Last year, it was two minutes 34 in 2021 with that O-line when we had that concern there around, were they, were they good enough? Two minutes 37 in 2020, right? Big Ben coming back. That was the 11 wins. Two minutes 28 in 2019 with Devlin Dark Hodges and Mason Rudolph. If I go back to 2018, when we know that Ben, um, you know, and that was the year that he had the uh, 5,000 yards. Yeah, it was two minutes 44. So, and still is a whole 30 seconds less than that now. 30 seconds less. It's it, it's not enough. And still fans, you're sitting there going, we know it's not enough, Matt. Christian converted. But the thing is, if they can start winning this, if they can start dominating this time of possession, if but it and but to do that, they're gonna need to make plays. And making plays involves throwing to the middle. Making plays is not what Mitch Trubisky is doing right now. I don't care what Tomlin or anyone else says. Um, what the stats say about getting better. This is why I believe it. I, like, I believe it's picket time for me. I, I really, really do. Um, but when you look at this possession situation, you look at 19 wins, one draw, three losses. Winning time of possession is absolutely vital in this league. Choking the other team or starving the other team of the football. So important. So important. Um, now, obviously, you can't just hold the ball and expect to win a game. Uh, you do need to do something with it. But we've got Chris Boswell. We've got a guy that can kick from long range. We've got guys. We've got big guys that can make plays down in the red zone. I don't want to hear any more about Mitch throwing a pick six, not throwing a pick six before. It's like AJ Hawk said it a couple of days ago on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, but you've also got, you know, yeah, you might not have thrown a pick six, but how many touchdowns are you throwing? And it's not enough from Mitch. And the defense doesn't have... Might not have Minka Fitzpatrick this week against the Jets. The defense doesn't have TJ Watt, right? And if you've got a good defense, let him rest up. Time of possession allows this defense to be a Super Bowl caliber defense because they're not having to be on the field for so many damn plays. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous what we're what we're what we're expecting of this defense right now. Two of their best players are probably 
you know, maybe Minka plays this week, maybe he doesn't. But technically, two of their best players could be out this week. And we're expecting the defense to do the job of the offense. Mitch Trubisky's got 60% completion rate. That needs to be 65 or better from now on. 500 yards in three games. He's not even throwing for 200 yards every game. Not even throwing for an average of one TD every game. I'd rather him, right now he's got one interception. I'd rather him have seven or eight, um, let's call it even six, six or seven TDs and three interceptions. I'd be fine with that. At least he's making plays. Right now, he's not making plays. I heard Mike Tomlin say that. He's not making plays. Yeah, yeah, you know, you've got the pick and catch. Yeah, you've got a couple of nice balls to free and Yeah, you've got Deontay Johnson. Fine. How many games have we won? That's the, that's the stat that counts. We're one and two. One and two. The time possession is a really crucial thing in football, um, whether it's in the college or the pro game. And it's very hard to win when you don't do that. When, you know, the Steelers had a win against Baltimore last year, win against Tennessee in two games where they didn't have time possession. Uh, those were interesting because with Baltimore, we saw like the, 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 go, the going for the two point conversion. Tennessee, we know the defense won that game with the Hayden, I think it was the Hayden breakup. Um, we drew in terms of time of possession in the wildcard game against KC. If anyone finds that interesting, even though we got like smashed. Uh, so there's some interesting things here, but as I say, stills 80, 80 plus percent when, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, winning games when they, um, or at least not losing games when they have the, or when they win the time of possession. With that, we're going to take a break on stills war room, jump for part two. Talk about Steelers rookies, um, who to look out for this week in the matchup, and we'll also preview the Jets rookies that could be really cause the Steelers some headaches. And again, these are guys that affect time and possession. We're back here on Steel's War Room. I'm Matty Peverell, your host of this weekly show, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, Anthony Weidel, Dan Colbert, Art Rooney II, and the rest of the Steel's front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. A roster that right now is 1-2 and two on the season and needs a win this week against the New York Jets at Acrishaw Stadium. Um, I was going to say Hinesfield then, but in Acrishaw Stadium in Pittsburgh, uh, it's going to be a good, you know, the Steelers need to come out and, you know, and, and win this game. And no other choices. The rubber's hitting the road now. Uh, you know, we're are going to be approaching quarter way through the season. So the first rookie we're going to talk about is Jalen Warren, who had his p- best performance on the season so far. Four rushes, 30 yards from number 30, yards average of 7.50 or yards per attempt. Uh, one target in the receiving game for one reception for three yards. No TD from him this week, but you, in the last week's game, but you feel it's coming. He played 20% of the snaps. That was a low on the season so far, believe it or not. Like you kind of feel like it was interesting. He made like a lot of those plays, um, you know, on the runs he did have. He did look like a real nice change of pace. Incredible pickup if he can really prove to be that for the Steelers, considering he's undrafted. Uh, you know, so say week, it was a low for offensive snaps with 20%. He played 29% and 37% in weeks one and two. 
Uh, special team snaps, he played 32%. So that was a low as well. Um, I'm just excited to see him. I think he's, you know, definitely improving, definitely finding what he can contribute in the offense. If he can get, you know, something like eight average eight touches a game or something like that, and he's that change of pace and spells Najee and gets a first down or gets this a, a nice gain on second on the second down or the first down, that's exactly what we need from um, Jalen Warren. So yeah, I'm excited for him. And I think he's going to be pretty integral in the Jets game. I really do. I think that an RB tandem is going to be really important. Next guy is George Pickens. All right. Like George Pickens, amazing catch, kind of better than OBJ's. If you look at it, like, and you think I've seen some of the hype about it on YouTube and stuff like that. He had seven targets for three receptions. They're actually starting to go to him. Thank God for 39 yards, an average of 13, uh, their catch percentage of 42.9%, uh, yards per target, 5.57, no TDs. Uh, unfortunately, he played 76% of the offensive snaps, so a little bit less than the 85% he played in week two. Um, but obviously, still need to run the ball a bit more, heavier tight end sets. Uh, played 4% of the special team snaps. Look, number 14 for the Steelers is going to be used more and more. This week, he's going to be really important when we think about some of the defensive players that are there on the Jets. Um, and whether it's Mitch uh, or it is Kenny Pickett, and it's probably it's, it's Mitch this week, we just need George Pickens to just continue for them to pick up the pace with him, pick up the the snaps, pick up the targets, um, you know, and you just get him more involved in the game in any which way we can. Then we've got DeMarvin Leal. He only played 18% of the defensive snaps this week. That was dropping off from the 24% that he played in week two. He had one solo tackle. Uh, so that was sort of his performance. He played 7% of the defensive snaps, number 98. So nothing crazy huge in terms of the contribution that he made for the Steelers. But again, he's someone you want to see him taking a greater role in the last 24 hours as I go to as I go to record this podcast. We have had Alawalu demoted behind or depending on how you look at it, Montrevis Adams promoted on the depth chart. So what does that mean for Leal? I know he rushed a bit more outside uh, as well in the last couple of games. I think that's cool with the versatility that he's got and and something that Shannon White's talked about. I talked about it with Shannon White when he was drafted as well. So um, there's a couple of us that have been talking about this because he played a lot of five technique in college. Um, so lining up near the tackle. Uh, so yeah, good to see that from DeMarvin Leal. And I'm just, as I've said before on other, sh- on other shows we've done on War Room, I'm just keen to see him continue to develop and I'm just keen, keen to see him continue to get reps and snaps. Then we've got Connor Haywood. He played 10% of the offensive snaps for six of them, blocking capacity and 68% of special team snaps. That continues to be where he's making a contribution for the Steelers. That's con- going to be where you continue to see that from him. Uh, he's played 70% of the special team snaps on the season so far, only 6% of the offensive snaps on the season so far. Look, the Steelers are going to find ways to integrate him. He just needs to do his job. Uh, I still think Connor Haywood's someone that's going to make a big play at a big moment and get the Steelers a key win at some point um, or get the Steelers into a position to get a good win at some point this season. I'm just excited to have 83 on this roster uh, and, you know, keen to see what he can do. Maybe this is a breakout game. Maybe he does something cool coming up in this game against the New York Jets. All right. So that's a good segue into the New York Jets rookies. Uh, They had a quite interesting rookie draft class, a rookie draft class that if it continues to perform, could be a really big one for them. 
The first guy we're going to talk about is Tony Adams. Tony Adams is a safety, five foot 11, 203 pounds out of the University of Illinois, university where Kendrick Green went, went as well. Uh, he's number 22 for the Jets. He's played uh, literally like three, yeah, two snaps, sorry, on defensive snaps on the season so far, but he's played about a third to 40% of the special team snaps has one tackle on the season. That's where you're going to see him. You're going to see him on special special teams this weekend. Uh, in defense, uh, he's had one target thrown his way that was a completion for 20 yards. That's a quarterback rating of 118.7, but the depth um, – the depth of target when he was targeted was 15 yards. So, you know, he only had five yard yak yards scored against him from that perspective. But yeah, I'd expect you're going to see, you know, Tony Adams contribute from a special teams perspective, if at all, at this week against the Steelers. Then we get to Michael Clemens. Uh, so he went to Cisco, Texas, and then Texas A&M. That's where he was drafted out of. Defensive tackle, 6'5", 270 pounds. Uh, he has played... 43% of the special uh, the defensive team snaps in week one, 34% in week two, 28% in week three. He's then averaged um, between 60 and 65% um, special team snaps on the season um, as well in all three games. Last week was his best statistical performance with two solid tackles, one assisted tackle for three tackles and a tackle for a loss. The week before, he only had one tackle and one quarterback hit. So definitely his best statistical week. So you're starting to see them work in number 72 on the Jets into this defense. They'll want to do that this week against the Steelers. They'll want to rotate their pass rushes and put pressure on, on an offensive line uh, that's had a bit of a bad rap over the last, you know, sort of 18 months and, and put pressure on Mitch Trubisky, who's obviously under that. They know he's under pressure to make plays. Um, so Michael Clemens is a really nice pickup for them. And, and he's someone that, you know, really could provide a bit of uh, headaches to the Steelers. And he was drafted in the fourth round, 117th overall. The next guy on this is another defensive playmaker. This is a guy that could make it hard for the Steelers to continue to have time of possession, whether it's through past offenses, interceptions, although he's yet to get one on the season so far. Um, and just in terms of how he disrupts the offense, or so you have to scheme against him, he's someone that Mike Tomlin mentioned. They looked at out of Cincinnati, uh, you know, in the draft process. He labeled him in the press conference, and that's Sauce Gardner, um, Sauce or Ahmad Gardner, um, when his nickname is Sauce. Six foot three, two hundred pounds. So he's a massive corner out of Cincinnati. He's a pretty cool guy if you follow him on social media as well. He was drafted fourth overall in this year's NFL draft. Look, he had his probably his best week last week as well against Cincinnati. Uh, two pass defenses, one tackle for a loss, four tackles. Um, the week before, he had six tackles, one pass defense. Um, but obviously, he's a cornerback, so you want to see him make those plays. He's played 100% of the snaps in um, week one and last week in week three. Uh, in week two, he played 93%. And then he's played uh, 22% in week one for special teams, 13% in week two for special teams, 23% in week three against special teams. And his position is number one for the New York Jets. And yeah, he's going to make life pretty difficult um, in the passing game. And yeah, he's someone to look out for. And you know, the Steelers will be wanting to throw away from him, that's for sure. But I'm kind of keen. I mean, one of the guys he said was the hardest wide receivers to mark up against was Calvin Austin. Um, but Calvin Austin's obviously not in this game. But George, a guy like George Pickens is, um, Deontay Johnson is, 
And so we should see how they scheme Source Gardner up to defend against some of the biggest Steelers or the you know the playmakers on the Steelers offense. The next guy I wanted to talk about was Brees Hall. He's a running back there. He's a tandem with Michael Carter, who was taken um, out of uh, University of North Carolina in last year's draft. Uh, Brees Hall, yes, a really interesting player. Second in the second round, he was drafted this year, 36 overalls. People thought he might creep into the first, but he was kind of the consensus top running back outside of us, along with Isaiah Spiller, but people probably lean more Brees Hall um, out of just because what he'd done at Iowa State. Um, He's had, look, he's had an interesting contribution in both the proceeding and, and, and the run game. So he's had, he had six rushes for 23 yards in week one, an average of 3.83. In week two, he had seven rushes for 50 yards, an average of 7.14. Then last week, he had eight rushes for 39 yards, an average of 4.88. He had nine targets for six receptions for 38 yards at an average of 6.33 in week one. He had one reception for off one target for 10 yards in week two, but that went for a TD. And then he had uh, six receptions off 11 targets for 53 yards, an average of 8.83 last week uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. 51% of the offensive snaps he played last week versus 27% in week two and 45% in week one. Um, and he's played no special team snaps on the season. Brees Hall's a guy that's going to help the Jets dominate possession. And um, we just talked about in part one about how important possession is. He's someone that's going to is forming a nice tandem with Michael Carter, and that's going to be a problem um, for teams in the NFL, but particularly the AFC teams in the years ahead. We then get to Jermaine Johnson, who has played about a third of the defensive snaps on the season so far. He's only had half a sack, which was in week one uh, as well. So they're kind of working him in. You know, he was someone that was taken in 26 overall in round one. People did think he might go a bit higher because he's a pass rusher. Other people thought in the, in the middle of the 20s was high for him in the first round. I did see some reports about that. He would as a more high second round player. So that's quite interesting. Um, but look, he's a guy that's getting better on the season. Like a lot of this Jets team, they are getting better. It's, when you look at these stats too, it's hard to think that they lost 27-12 against um, Cincy, actually. It's kind of funny. But uh, tackles, he had four solo tackles last week, which is pretty major and a tackle for a loss. That's his best performance on the season so far. So look for him to put the Steelers under some pressure. Uh, this week, another guy that's a, a big bopper, he said six, five two sixty pounds, along with Michael Clemens. Um, and yeah, we should see what he can do. He's out of Florida State. That was the last college he played for um, last year as well. Then we got Max Mitchell, who was drafted for in the fourth round by the New York Jets, one hundred eleventh overall out of Louisiana. We've actually talked about him about this time last year when we did a preview on tackles on this show as well, because he was performing pretty well in the college game at that point. He's played 100% of the offensive snaps so far, between 11 and 17% of special team snaps. He's had one fumble recovery, and that's kind of the noteworthy stat. Um, I don't think he's... I'm just looking at offensive line penalties. He's had one on the season so far, which was for a false start. It's all right when you've got a tackle. Um, he's had to make a big contribution. They've just put George Fant on IR, Um they also have Beckton on IR. 
And there's another player that I'm having a mental blank on that is on IR as well. So uh, offensive line, they're looking for a lot from Max Mitchell. And he's about to, he's at six foot six, 297 pounds. It's up to the Steelers pass rushers to get around this guy and make a play. But he could be a really, he could be a bookend tight, you know, tackle for them in the years to come as well. So, you know, a lot of people didn't love some of the things Max Mitchell did, um, thought he didn't shop. I'm pretty sure he went to senior ball off the top of my head. Uh, but I sort of thought he could transition all right. I didn't think his college tape was terrible, uh, but, uh, you know, I think he's definitely proving a few doubters wrong so far. You then have Jeremy Rocket, who played in week two and week three. He played 26% of the uh, offensive snaps in week two, none in week three. He plays about 37 and 35% of the special team snaps in the games he plays in. He's had one target, no yards, no no reception, no, you know, no catch basically with no reception, no TD. Um, how can you score a TD in the receiving game if you don't catch a ball? But you get my point. Uh, so looking at the tight end in terms of Jeremy Rocket, 6'5", 250 pounds, there out of Ohio State or the Ohio State, it'll be interesting to see if they use him this week against the Steelers to, make, to trouble them. And he's number 89 as well. Then you got Garrett Oh Wilson, drafted tenth overall by the New York Jets. He was one of he's so he's you know he completes that trio of first round draft picks in this year's draft. Had a quiet week one, only four receptions off eight targets for fifty two yards, thirteen average. People were like, why didn't they target him more for fifty percent catch um, rate? Then in week two, where the, the Jets won, he had eight for. Eight receptions from 14 targets for 102 yards, two TDs, um, said 102 yards, average of 12.75, catch rate of 57.1. Then last week, he had six receptions off 10 targets for 60 yards, averaging 10 yards, catch rate of 60%. He's played over half this or almost half the team's offensive snaps on the season so far. So that's exciting for him with 57%. Um, no special team snaps. But he's got a guy that's got to contribute. And if the if the Jets are going to hold the ball and starve the Steelers of possession, uh, he's going to have to come factor in. He's six foot four, 192 pounds. They're out of Ohio State, so play the Jeremy Rocket. Uh, really fast guy, four three eight in the forty time at the NFL Combine. Garrett Wilson's going to be a you know a really big headache for some defenses in this league. Let's just hope the Steelers secondary, particularly even if Minka's out, can sort of mark up well against Garrett Wilson and make sure that he doesn't have his first, you know, multi, plus 2D, plus two touchdown game or plus, you know, 150-yard game. Uh, but that's, you know, he's one of those ones they're really going to have to, you know, make sure they're accounting for in their defensive schematics. So yeah, I've, well, as we talked about, the theme of this show all around possession. How do you dominate possession? Who's who's someone that's going to help the Steelers and Jalen Warren and Pickens and Haywood on the offense keep possession? We looked at the Jets and some of the defensive players are going to try and rob the Steelers of um, the defensive rookies that are going to try and rob the Steelers of possession, and a couple of their offensive players in Brees Hall and uh, Garrett Wilson there that are going to try and hold the possession for the Jets. Let's see, can the Steelers win that possession and can they win the game off the back of that? All will be revealed this Sunday's game against the New York Jets. As always, go Steelers. Go Steelers.